Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Quarter Quest Comics on the Cheap podcast, a bi-weekly discussion about diving through the dirt bins and pulling out gold. Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest Comics on the Cheap podcast, a comic po- podcast where we talk right. about comics from three different eras, from the 60s and 70s to the 80s independent run, and then the 90s to today. And it looks like I have first... Pink. I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. You're first. Yeah. You're first. So I, I, uh, I picked up um, All New Monster Hunters by Charlton Comics number two from October of 1970s. God damn, why do I always forget my glasses? 1975. Um, so it's uh, three stories. One is done by Steve Ditko, which is pretty cool. The other ones, I cannot read the scrawling signature that they use for writers. Charlton. Um, three stories, monsters, Lovecraftian kind of themes. It was okay. Um, the best part is the ads. So let's just go to the ads, right? So, um, <laughs> stories were not good. They have dog tags in here, and these dog tags are totally 1970s, right? There's a kiss, like a, uh, a mouth with the tongue for the Rolling Stones, and there's one that says, I'm the real thing which is really weird, and help, I need lovin'. That's one of the dog tags. My favorite dog tag, right, is one that says, I'm a sex maniac. In case of emergency, kiss me. <laughs> That's the best one of them that all. That is the best one. Wow. I am a sex maniac. In case of emergency, kiss me. Yeah. There's one that says, love me, take, love me, squeeze me, take me home. And this is in a kid's comic. Culture has changed yes. so much. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like... He does bring up, in one of the stories by Steve Ditko, they bring up mutants that can control, like, like uh, electricity. It's totally an electro story at a campus in college, and it's, I don't know, it was a dollar. It's Charlton, shitty paper, shitty product, like, production. You got that in Dragon's Lair, didn't you? Huh? You got a dragon sword? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Um, who's next? All right. Well, I don't know if I'm going to have a story that's much better. I uh, I picked up Marvel Team-Up number 149 with Spider-Man and Cannonball. It was released... I do have my glasses and I can't put it in. January of 1985. The writer was Louis Simonson. Brett Blevins was the penciler. Mike Epizito was the inker. Janice Chiang was the letterer. George Russos was the colorist. 
Danny Fingeroth was the editor, and Big Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief. I had to throw in Shooter. So it starts out, they're in, uh, the, there's this couple, and they're riding on the Staten Island Ferry, because that's the best way to see the city, and I live there, and I will totally agree with that, that it is the best way to see the uh, New York skyline, is from the water. Um, where they're going into the dock, which is absolutely hilarious, because he talks about in here uh, how good you have to be to get it into these the this docking area because there's like wood logs that go along it right it's like this little narrow space and some of the the drivers are awesome right can get it in but if you're standing outside and you notice that you're going into the side you have to run inside because they will just plow into that wooden dock, the wooden uh, pillars, and just knock themselves into the docking bay. I used to hate riding on that thing when they would do that. It was like, is there, are they drunk? Because you would, you'd have to run inside. Because it's a quite a long ferry ride from Staten Island to Manhattan. It's like a 20, 25 minute. You don't want to sit in a car that long. So you go upstairs and you hang out and, you know. But anyway, and this guy apparently was good because he's, do he's docking perfect. I'm like, you couldn't do a little realism there? They maybe do that one out of 20 times. Um, where they find, the crew finds a body and they pull it out and the guy starts glowing. It's the incandescent man. Cut to my favorite and everybody's favorite, the country bumpkin, Sam Guthrie, Cannonball. He's at Saks Fifth Avenue because even, you know, I guess in the 80s everybody could afford to shop at Saks Fifth Avenue. He's trying to buy a hat for his mama. Mama likes nice hats. And uh, he gives them the money and they're like, it's uh, $54.63. But it said it was $49.99. Sales tax, you dummy. So, he's walking out. He sees Spidey swinging through the, uh, the city. And he's like, golly, he's got it made. He's the glamorous superhero. And that's pretty much what he's saying. I'm not making that shit up. Um, Peter Parker is trying, Spidey's trying to get shots of, uh, for his daily bugle job, and apparently he goes to, uh, deliver him to the editor, and he's like, unless you got him fighting some big baddie, like Electro or something, I don't want him. And he gives them pictures of him fighting, uh, bank robbers. He's like, yeah, no, this this don't work. The incandescent man is sucking all the energy out of Manhattan. And the people are running away, and Sam Guthrie's like, not my mama's hat! He's holding it up above everybody, and they're trying, they're running away, fleeing, and he's just like, I can't let you destroy my mama's hat. 
and there's a uh, ominous masked figure watching and he figures out he sees Spider-Man and he stops somebody and of course the New Yorkers just gonna go yeah yeah buddy there's somebody you know uh, uh, attacking the city uh, I think you should help I'm like no they'd be like get the fuck out of my way <laughs> so he blasts off and starts fighting the incandescent man Mama's hat goes flying. Spider-Man's taking pictures of Cannonball fighting the incandescent man. Spider-Man saves the hat, gives it to him, and Sam, or Cannonball, just like, I think Xavier's gonna flunk me because I can't turn. I was like, yeah, you couldn't turn for like 25 issues. And he goes back to fighting him. He takes him towards the river. Apparently electricity and water don't mix. Usually thought that caused an explosion, not putting the guy out, right? And, uh... They run into the helicopter. Spidey decides to try to help the person in the helicopter. Sam tries to do this flippy move that Spider-Man did to try to turn, and he does it! Yay! I'm turning! Spidey saves the girl. She unmasks herself and says, Hey, I saved this hat. Come to find out, this girl is the twin sister of the incandescent man, and he was turned into the incandescent man because he was part of Project Pegasus. And she vows to get revenge. Uh, Cannonball's trying to find him because he pushed the guy in the river and he disappeared. And he won't come out because he's trying to save him. Finally, Spider-Man pulls him out. They shake hands. And Spider-Man decides to throw the film of the battle into the river because he's trying to be a better human being. The end. Right? Now, I, I wrote down some likes here. Spider-Man and Cannonball work well together. They're a good duo. But of course, you know, Nova and Spider-Man were a good duo, so I guess he likes working with people that can can fly. Uh, it was written by Louis Simonson. Those were the two two high points. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, or she was just trying to get something in for that week, or... And... I really hate how they make Cannonball... They make Cannonball the country bumpkin who's dumber than a box of rocks in the beginning. They did so much work in X-Force and all of that towards the end of New Mutants and X-Force to make him not such a dumbass. And, uh, the drawing, he's supposed to be a teenager, but he looks like a 60-year-old man. So, those were what I liked and disliked. Uh, overall, it, it was a quick read. 
kind of figure could figure out what was going to happen. So that's what I got. What you got, Ryan? It sounds like you got the highlight for the week. Um, <laughs> World's worst book? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I got the best book of the week? <laughs> you got the best one. <laughs> Nick's got ads. I don't even have that. All right. <laughs> so I did uh, Backlash, from uh, number one, from 1994. And the story was by Sean Refner, Jeff Marriott, and Brett Booth. Pencils were Brett Booth. Inks were Sal Reglia, Alex Garner, Tom McWeenie. I'm not kidding about that. Edwin Roswell. Yeah, that, that hits everything. Okay. Um, so, I got the whole run of Backlash. And I remember liking it a lot more than this first issue. Uh, <laughs> so, Backlash is a character that comes from the Wildstorm team. And uh, his girlfriend gets taken out in the Kindred, uh, which was a six-issue story arc event type thing. And she's taken out by a demon knight. And so Backlash is now going out to uh, try to save his girlfriend. And to do so, he has to break out a person from prison who uh, was a part of the gang called the Cabal, because apparently that's a hot name for bad guy groups or something. That's like the fourth time I've read Cabal this week. But, uh... So he's doing a jailbreak. He runs into a guy that is possessed by a demonite and a steroid steroided up Deadpool. Yeah. Steroided up Deadpool. Um, Look at that chin. <laughs> looks, I, yeah, that can't be Liefeld. It is that. not Liefeld. Because he's got like hands. Feet, he's got features, <laughs> hands, probably has feet. Um, so he ends up battling the Deadpool lookalike and a demonite and um the galley rescues comes out and uh, she's got superpowers and she starts taking everybody out. She's just like concentrates and starts beams are just shooting all over the place from her and hitting everything and taking out all these uh, robots that are trying to stop them from escaping. And that's where the book left off. This is pure 90s early image big chest women uh, sharp jawline superheroes you know real thin no real definition to the superheroes they're always that real thin look Um, now here's the thing I, I realized that I was not a big fan of the first story arc of Backlash so when I bought this I bought the all of them together for like 10 bucks. So way less than a dollar because there's like 26 issues and the special with the Backlash Spider-Man crossover. Um, and Brett Booth actually takes over doing all the art on it and it gets a lot better. But this initial story arc, not great. Uh, the coolest thing I figured, found out about this because I kind of forgot I had this, 
is I have the dual cover backlash issue where there's one cover where he's like white and he's got the whip flashing around and then the second cover is the Deadpool looking like guy right about out to take Deadpool? him out. Yes. Um, so that was my like and I just listed off a whole bunch of dislikes so <laughs> 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 that's what I had. <laughs> awesome. So that'll be our show for the week and we'll talk to you in two weeks guys. So uh, two weeks. Tune in then. See ya. See ya.